Well, let's look in uh, Joshua chapter 1, Joshua chapter 1. Uh, this evening's service is pretty much dedicated to Anthony and Haley Petrozello. Like, that sounds good, doesn't it? <laughs> and uh, uh, they're launching out a new life together and certainly a new ministry, being involved in the local ministry here in this church, uh, youth group. And uh, we've sang some good songs tonight in reference to them launching out and serving the Lord. I just keep trusting my Lord. That chorus, what a great chorus. No matter where we are, what we're doing, uh, whatever we may be facing, we can still trust the Lord. We're saying, I am resolved. And many times you just got to make up your mind. You're going to resolve in your heart that you're going to follow the Lord and do his bidding and his calling in your life. And then we did, if Jesus goes with me, I'll go. And uh, it's amazing, no matter where God leads us, he never forsakes us. He's always with us. And uh, so if he goes, I'll go with him. Amen. If he goes, we just do whatever God wants us to do. And then what a day that'll be. And uh, it's wonderful to be able to give your life to the Lord and serve him all your days of your life. And uh, you might not be able to experience some things that the world experiences or whatever, uh, but the amazing thing is it's going to be glorious when you come into the presence of Christ. So these are great songs that were picked out just to be an encouragement to you tonight as you launch out in your new ministry here at Ocean County Baptist Church. I want to share a message just simply called God's Charge. It's not just to them, it's a charge to all of us. Whenever I think of leadership in the church, I always uh, have a heart that turns towards Joshua chapter 1. I mean, what a great book in a, an example for us in this matter of leadership. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given it unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea towards the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There should not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people that shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto the, their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded thee, turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou, thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt make, uh, ye shall have good success." Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage? Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. 
For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. What a great charge God gives us. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you would speak to each of our hearts tonight. There may be someone here tonight who needs to be saved. It's the Spirit of God. We have touched their heart, Lord. We draw them to the cross that they might be able to turn to the sacrifice of Christ as the only means of redeeming their soul. And may they be saved tonight. Now, Lord, you may be calling someone to ministry, full-time vocational ministry tonight. And, uh, Lord, we're mindful of the call of God can be uh, given and, and uh, expressed upon people's hearts in a moment, in, in any, any time of day. And so, Lord, it may be someone you're calling tonight to surrender to full-time ministry. And then certainly, Lord, we pray for Haley and Anthony, Lord, that your hand of blessing would rest upon them as they have surrendered their life completely and totally to you, Lord, to be used of the Almighty God. So, Lord, work your will and way in each of our hearts and lives tonight, and God will be careful to give you the praise and the glory for everything. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, verse 9 is a great verse. It says, "Had not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. We know the point of history in this chapter is that it's after the death of Moses. It states that in verse 1. And it's at the beginning of Joshua's leadership. And as you go through the Bible, it's amazing how many times uh, well, you just see this transitioning of leadership. Uh, you know, it's just you, when you look at church ministries, sometimes people don't understand that, but church ministries do have tendencies of changing. And uh, I've talked with different pastors and uh, youth pastors, and uh, you know they have statistics on how long people stay at churches and this, that, and the other. But the reality is things are always changing in the church. And it's a glorious thing to be able to be in a ministry for a long time, but that doesn't mean necessarily that God's just going to keep you there. I remember I went out and started a church in 1984, uh, my intention was to go there and live, minister, and die there. But God had other plans. And uh, it's been a glorious uh, life to be able to follow the Lord's leading in our life. And so we don't want to dictate to God. We just want to surrender to what it is that God wants us to do. And Moses was used in a mighty way by God. Now he has died. He's removed off of the scene and Joshua has been trained and prepared for that job of stepping in and following in the footsteps of Moses. Moses had been used in a way that Israel had never witnessed before in over 400 years. When you're thinking of God calling Moses and sending him down to confront Pharaoh, the strongest, the mightiest, the wealthiest leader in the known world at that time, and he tells Moses, go down in time to let my people go. What a unique ministry he had. What a great opportunity he had to go down there. Now, the children of Israel had never seen that type of ministry before. Joshua is now is stepping into a ministry that God has given him, and God's going to use him in such a great way. He's a new leader, but he has a new task. And his new task is that he is to possess the land that God had promised to Israel when Moses was leading the people wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. So the ministry that Moses had is completely different than the ministry that Joshua is going to have. 
And oftentimes what, we, what happens in ministries is when someone steps in and takes a new ministry, uh, people always have a tendency of thinking, well, you know, we've never done it that way before. Or, uh, you know, so-and-so used to do it this way. I've been here so long, you can't remember the person was before me, amen? <laughs> so, <laughs> but though, uh, I'll, uh, Moses' ministry was a unique ministry, just as Joshua's ministry would be a unique ministry. And the amazing thing is, Joshua's ministry is not going to be the same as Moses. So, Anthony and Haley, you have a great, great opportunity to launch out in a ministry that God has given you in this place, working with the youth. And uh, you don't have to measure up to some man's expectations from previous ones. God's given you the responsibility right now to step into this place and minister as God leads you to do that. And so it's a wonderful thing to be able to see God do that. We must move ahead in accordance with God's commands and God's charges, not so much past experiences. I think the hardest thing that I've, I've been able to experience in ministry for the last 35 years I can't believe that either. It's been 35 years since I went into ministry. Is overcoming people's expectation that everything needs to run based on what was done years ago. It never stops. It's okay. It's a new year. Amen. It's 2020. <laughs> and it's okay. It's 19, not, not 1995. This is 2020. And uh, God has given us a great opportunity to be able to minister uh, in this place to the people that are here and being able to build people in their faith and their walk with God. And so and let's recognize that uh, as the new ministry is established, so God's charge. First of all, I see this, be faithful. In verses 1 through 5, all he does is say, be faithful. And no, uh, I was talking to a pastor the other day, and uh, he said that he's been at the church where he's at for five years. He told me this. He said, you know, the first year I was here was wonderful. It was so exciting. He said, I don't know what happened in the second year. <laughs> he said, everything started falling apart real fast. And he said, but now it seems like things have settled in uh, after uh, five years. And he said, how long have you been at your church? I said, well, I'm going on 25 years. He said, well, then you know what I'm talking about. And I was like, yes, sir, I do know what you're talking about. Uh, but how do you overcome these things? How do you deal with things? How do you deal with trends? How do you deal with problems? How do you deal with growth or lack of it? You just be faithful. That's all you got to do. Just be faithful. Uh, just keep doing what you know God's called you to do and just keep fulfilling God's commands and his charges in your life. And God will give the increase. And all we have to do is be faithful. First of all, I see that we need to be faithful to serve. In verse 1, it says, Now after the death of Moses, and it says this about Moses, the servant of the Lord. That's an amazing statement. Because we think of Moses, we think of him as a, as a great leader of Israel, but he's identified as the servant of the Lord. It says, It came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, and so here is this great leader, Moses, who was a servant, but he had one that was being mentored underneath of him, who was Joshua, who was a minister to Moses. And so just be faithful to serve. We have the example of Elisha. We often talk about Elijah. Elijah prayed and asked for God to give 
him a, a double portion of the power that Elijah had. The interesting thing is when you read the miracles that are recorded in the scriptures that Elijah performed and you read the number of miracles that Elijah performed, it's more than double. It's more than double. And so God did something that was exceedingly abundantly above all you could, he could ask or think of. And so just be faithful to serve, and God would use Elisha in a great way because of the fact that Elisha was willing to wash the hands of the prophet. He was willing to minister to Elijah, and God would use him. Jesus, you think of the example of Jesus. In Mark 10, 45, Jesus said that he came not to uh, be ministered to, but to minister. And so the very character of Christ was one of faithfulness just to serve. And the very character of Moses was to be faithful to serve. The challenge that is presented to Joshua in the new ministry leadership that he has is just be faithful to serve. That's all we are, servants of the Lord. That's it. And so all we have to do is be faithful in serving one another and serving the Lord Jesus Christ. So we need to be faithful to serve. I see in verse 2, we need to be faithful to surrender. In verse 2, it says, Moses, my servant, is, now, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. And so all he had to do was to be faithful to surrender to God's instruction. Surrender to God's leadership in his life. And uh, all he had to do is be willing just to be faithful to surrender over and over and over and over again. And uh, God's desires, his ways are not our ways. God's leading in our life may be altered at times because God wants to accomplish something that we have no idea what it is that he wants to accomplish. But the reality is we'll never fulfill it if we're not willing to just be faithful to keep surrendering to our God, surrendering to the perfect will of God. And then in verse 3 and 4, I see we need to be faithful to walk. And it says, In every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your coast. So be faithful to walk. And he says, go on out. I want you to know that every place the sole of your foot touches, I'm going to give it to you. And so when you talk about faithfulness, just be willing uh, to believe God for great things. Be willing to pursue God in great endeavors. And just be willing to continue to walk with the Lord. And uh, every day, we need to get up and de decide every day. The Christian has to get up every day and decide, I'm going to walk with God today. Enoch walked with God and he was not for the Lord took him. I'll guarantee you, Enoch made a decision every day he was going to walk with God. You know, Adam and Eve, when, they're in sin, when they sinned in the Garden of Eden, they chose not to walk with God. It was a natural thing for God to come in the cool of the day and walk with Adam and Eve. They chose not to walk with God. But Enoch chose to walk with the Lord, and he was not. So we need to make a decision every day just to be faithful to walk with God. If you want someone to follow your leadership, then you need to give them something to follow as you walk with God. 
and they need to see Christ in you, and as they see Christ in you, they'll follow the Lord through your example. So we need to be faithful uh, to serve, to surrender, to walk, and we need to be faithful just be sim simply because God is faithful. In uh, verse 5, it tells, he tells, reminds Joshua, uh, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. You know, when the Apostle Paul said, if God before us, who can stand against us? I, I believe he was drawing from this principle. God promised that he would use Joshua. And he said, I'm going to tell you, if you follow me, you surrender to me, you walk with me, there'll be no man that can stand before you. All the days of your life, as I was with Moses... So I will be with thee, I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. I'll guarantee you, Joshua saw uh, the aggressive spirit of Pharaoh. Joshua heard the murmuring, murmuring of Miriam and Aaron. Let me tell you, Joshua heard, saw the rebellious uh, acts of those in the children of Israel when they would not follow the leadership of Moses. When Moses was meeting with God for 40 days and 40 nights on the mountainside, they were questioning where he was and doubting that he was able to get a hold of God. But through all those situations, God was still faithful to his servant Moses. And uh, the greatest thing that we could do is find somebody that's faithful to God and watch them enjoy and live out the faithfulness of God in their life. I tell you, it encourages my heart when I look at someone else that has been in ministry or lived for God for a long time and watch how they, in the midst of all kinds of controversy and all kinds of problems, uh, illustrate the faithfulness of God in their life. And God is faithful to us. And so uh, God's charge to us when we launch out a new ministry is just simply be faithful. That's all required. Moreover, it's required of stewards that a man be found smart, that a man be found wealthy, that a man be found persuasive. No, moreover, it's required of stewards that a man be found faithful. It's that simple. It's not really complicated. And I'll guarantee you, Anthony and Haley, you be faithful to your God, and you'll impact the young people that you're ministering to in this place and yea, even beyond this place. Just be faithful. I see another thing here. Need to be courageous. Need to be courageous. In verse 6, he says, Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide unto, uh, for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. So be courageous. Why? Because you're promised the power of God. You have the power of the Spirit of God in you. Uh, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And uh, God has promised that he would give us his strength and he would give us the ability. The Canaanites that were across the Jordan River were people who were well-fit and well-strengthened and well-equipped and well-prepared to do battle. And here's Joshua with these a bunch of Israelites who have been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. And God says, go across the Jordan, because when you go across the Jordan, I'm going to give you that land. It was not about the strength of the enemy. It was about the power that rested on Joshua because of God's power given to him. And I'm glad that we can stand in the power of God. Not only that, but the promise of possessions. Possessions. 
in verse 4 and 6, he tells them that he is going to be able to possess everything uh, from the uh, in wilderness in Lebanon, even to the Euphrates, uh, all the land of the Hittites, he'll be able to possess that. And in verse 6, he reminds him that he will divide for an inheritance the land that is over on the other side of Jordan. And so realize that God has not only promised us power, but he has promised us possessions. Psalm 126.6, he that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seed, will doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with it. And I just know this, that when we walk and we live our life in the ministry God has given us, based on his will and his leading and his ability to provide for us, whatever we sacrifice for God, God far exceeds giving us back his blessings. And so promise of God's possessions. I'm glad God will give us what we need to live and what we need to minister based on his promises. Be courageous because of God's power. Be courageous because of God's possessions. Be courageous because he's promised prosperity. Now, I'm not a health, wealth, and prosperity preacher, but I believe that God's blessing, he'll prosper you. It says so. It says, be, only be strong and of very good courage. I think it's interesting in verse 6, he says, be strong and of good courage. And then in verse 7, he says, only be thou strong and very courageous. He Steps it up a level for us, amen. And he says that thou mayest observe to do according to the law, all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from to it, uh, not from it to the right hand nor to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. God can and God will prosper us, and the prosperity of God is not evaluated or based on the wealth of the world. The prosperity of God is based on the personality and the character of God working in a man's life and making a man a leader that brings glory to God Almighty. The other things are all fringe benefits. I'm all for the fringe benefits. I heard a preacher say years ago, I'm not worried about being the cup. I'm just happy to be the saucer that catches the overflow. <laughs> Amen. And uh, sometimes we forget, wait a minute, it's all right to be the saucer. Because I'm going to tell you, when God blesses, there's a lot of overflow. Amen? And I'm okay with that. God's prosperity. He promised to prosper us. He promised his presence. In verse 9, he says, Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage, be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. One of the things, the precious things that has blessed my heart, in 35 years of being a Christian and being in ministry, is that no matter where I have been, I have been assured of the fact that God is with me. There are some lonely places in ministry. There are some hard things to do in ministry. But through every one of those situations, God does not abandon us. He is with us. And the thing that has helped me to be courageous and keep going on is not our own stamina, our own ability, and our own strengths, and our own talents, and our own gifts. It is the reality that God's with me. That's it. If God's with me, everything's all right in my Father's house. Amen? So be faithful, be courageous, be obedient. Verse 7 just tells us to obey everything that God commands in his law. 
So be obedient to God's covenant. You know, Jesus said this is the covenant, or he said this is the blood of the New Testament when he instituted the communion. Paul writes about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 25. This is the blood of the New Testament. The word testament is covenant. Never forget this, that we need to just be obedient to God's covenant he's made with us. Jesus Christ shed his blood on Calvary that we might be able to be saved. And now that's what redeems man's soul. And certainly that's the message people need to hear in order to be saved. Uh, chastisement and disobedience. Uh, whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. And God has ha does have to discipline us sometimes. So just be obedient to the Lord. And uh, I'll never forget my dad years ago. I did, not even forget what I did. I did so many things. But anyway, I just remember my dad telling me, he said, man, boy, he said, admit what you did wrong and take your punishment like a man. That's what he said to me. And I said, oh boy, here I go. And uh, I did, I did. And uh, I'm thankful that I could learn obedience through the discipline of my father, but I'm more thankful that I can learn obedience through the discipline of my God who loves me greater than my, my earthly father. The blessings of, because of obedience comes in the fact that we have a willingness to surrender to what God has commanded. So be faithful. Don't be uh, uh, well, unfaithful, but be faithful and be courageous, be obedient. And then in verse 8, just be meditative. Meditate on the things of God. In verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Uh, one thing I've, I've, I've come to, uh, I don't know how I want to say this, learn to deal with, I guess, as a pastor, is Sunday's always coming. <laughs> that means there's always a sermon you got to put together. And I love preaching, and Peter challenges us to be always ready to give an answer of the hope that lieth within thee, and I think we ought to be ready to do that. But when you are preaching constantly, teaching Bible in, in school, teaching Bible in the youth group, teaching Bible in Sunday school, uh, teaching and preaching in the church services, when you're constantly ministering through teaching the Word of God, I'm going to tell you, you're going to need to take some time and just meditate on the Word. Just, just let it sink in. And let God speak to your heart and give you a message. Oh, uh, Dr. Malone always used to say that you just read to on the scriptures until you, God fills your heart and then preach on the overflow. And uh, I've tried to just read. I, I know there's topics and series and things like that we can preach on, but I've always just tried to put messages together based on reading the word of God and meditating upon it. If God speaks to my heart, then God will speak to everybody else's heart. And if God's speaking to your heart as you minister to the teens, then what God has spoken to you about, he'll speak to the teens about. And so just be meditative. What does it mean by that? How much of an impact does God's word have on you? That's an important question that has to be answered on a regular basis in every one of our lives. How much of an impact does the word of God have on you? If you're going to minister to others, God's going to give you opportunities to minister to others. The word of God better be impacting your life. Because people really don't care what you think. 
Uh, people don't really care uh, what your pet peeves are, but people do care about what the Word of God says. And so if you're going to stand up and you're going to try to teach or you're going to disciple or you're going to minister the Word to somebody, the Word of God better be impacting your life. It better be changing you. So how much is it impacting your life? Uh, well, Psalm 119.97 says, oh how, oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day, all the day. I am constantly thinking. I remember I was talking with Tom Downey a while ago. This was years ago, and he was uh, surrendering to go into ministry. I told him, I said, Tom, there's very few moments in the day that I'm not thinking about a sermon that I'm going to be preaching. I said, I'm always thinking about it. It's always on my mind. It's always on my heart. God, what is it that you want me to say? What is it you want me to minister? You've got to meditate on the word of God. Why? Because it'll give you results. In Psalm 77, just a few psalms here to wrap this up. First of all, if you'll meditate, be meditative on the word of God, the results is you'll speak of God's ways. Psalm 77 in verse 12 says, I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of thy doings. I, I'm always interested in conversations between Christians. Uh, I hear conversations in our Christian school. I hear conversations at our church, whether it be in the morning or in the evening, we're standing in the hallway. It's always interesting to listen to conversations of, in reference to what's dominating the conversation. If I meditate on the word of God, the profit of that or the result of that is that I'm going to be more in tune of speaking of God's ways than I are, am going to be of speaking other things. And so the psalmist said, I will meditate also on all thy work and talk of thy doings. Not only that, but Psalm 119 in uh, verse 15, Psalm 119 in verse 15, we see we'll respect God's ways. If we're meditative on God's word, we're not just going to talk about God's ways. We're going to be respectful of God's ways. Psalm 119 and verse 15 tells us, I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I'm really I'm of the mindset that God's been laying on my heart is because we're often talking about young people yet leaving the faith, getting out of church or whatever. And I think it's because of the fact that uh, we have taught them to learn scripture by rote memory, but it's not impacting their life because they've not meditated on what they've learned. And so it's not creating a respectful heart in reference to what God has said. If I respect what God says, it's no problem for me to observe what he tells me to do. And so we have to meditate upon the word. It's, it'll help me to be respectful of God's ways. Psalm 119 and verse 48, it'll be cause me to love God's laws. Psalm 119 and verse 48 uh, tells me, My hands also will I lift up unto thy commandments, which I have loved, and I will meditate in thy statutes. And uh, to love the commands of God, to love the will of God, to love the way of God, to just love all that God is. And how does that come about? By meditating upon the word of God. And then Psalm 119 and verse 78 
tells us that we are humbled to God's ways. It says, oh, let the proud be ashamed for they dealt perversely with me without a cause, but I will meditate in thy precepts. He's humbled. You meditate in the precepts of God. We're humbled in the presence of the Lord. We're humbled in the presence of others. They may be proud. They may be shameful, but we're humbled because we meditate on the things of God. And then finally, in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 4, 1 Timothy chapter 4, I'm sorry, in verse 15, uh, the meditative spirit that we have on the things of God will be seen or it will appear to all. In 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 15, Paul tells Timothy, Meditate upon these things, give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. So people need, in other words, people need to see Christ in us. And when we meditate on the things of God, we meditate on the will of God, the way of God, the law of God, all these things, it literally penetrates everything that we are and the way we live our life. People are aware of the fact that we're a Christian. They're aware of the fact that we're been called of God to lead. They're aware of the fact that God is the one who's going to be glorified in our life because everything about our life is Christ and Christ alone. I was listening to a choir the other day on uh, uh, YouTube. Uh, um, they were singing. It was a huge choir and they were singing this song, uh, Behold Our God. And I thought, I got to get that for our choir to sing, Behold Our God. I was listening to it in my office, and I sat in my chair, I was just weeping. Behold Our God. High and lifted up. And I'm going to tell you, God so stirred my heart. When we think of God's charge to us, he wants people to behold our God through who we are. What a challenge. What a challenge that God has given us. What a privilege. What a privilege. I really appreciate Anthony. He started working here as a youth pastor and everything, and he made the statement that, I can't believe I get paid for doing this, amen? <laughs> what a privilege to serve God, to live with God, to walk with God, to experience God, and get paid in the process, brother. I'll tell you what, it's great. And I certainly appreciate Haley, appreciate Anthony, appreciate their willingness to surrender the call of God upon their life. Surrendering to each other in holy matrimony, surrendering to God's call, a holy call that God has placed to him. God has some great things he wants to do in your life. Uh, just go be faithful. Just be courageous. Just realize this, no matter what you do, God's always with you. And there is a profitable experience if we meditate upon the word of God. And it'll be an amazing thing. Well, love you, and we appreciate you guys being a part of this ministry. We'd like to ha have Anthony and Haley to come up right now, and uh, we're going to have the deacons come up, and uh, we we'd like to just pray for them and pray over them that God will bless them and use them in a great way in the ministry in this place. And you need to be praying faithfully for them as they surrender their life to the Lord. Won't you guys come up here, and we'll.
I'll have each one of the deacons pray, and that will be great. Okay, guys, we're working You be praying for them as we're praying for them, and asking God's blessings upon them. Uh, why don't we just start with Scott working way right now? Heavenly Father, we just lift up Anthony and Harry to you. We pray, Lord, that you just uh, keep them safe, watch over them, uh, bless their ministries as they minister to all of us. Um, it's awesome, Lord, to, to watch someone grow up in this church and come back and serve the people. Uh, we just ask uh, this prayer for you, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we do ask that you would Give Anthony and Haley wisdom, Lord, in what they do, and be totally dependent, Lord, upon you for all the things that they do. And when I come about all those things, Lord, that will overwhelm and, and cause heartache and grief and, and discouragement, that they would still look to you and they'd receive all the strength they need from you to continue to move on, to allow you to work in them through these things, that all will see that you live in them. And desire to serve you no matter what takes place. We trust you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Almighty God, we just thank you so very much for Anthony and Haley. We thank you for Anthony growing up in this church and having a desire to serve you. We pray that you help him to be faithful, Lord, that he would be courageous, obedient, and meditated on your word, Lord, that he might continue to grow and to be able to do your will, to serve you, and, and to be able to uh, lead the young people in the church, Lord, and uh, help them to understand what they need to do, Lord, as well. And just thank you, Lord, for Anthony and Haley. Pray that you continue to bless them and help them through their life together. And we just ask these things in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the call upon Anthony and Haley. And Lord, we just ask you to provide for them, protect them, and prepare them for the work that you have for them here in this place, Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Dear Heavenly Father, just thank you for Haley and Anthony, dear Lord. We just thank that you would bring them back to this church, dear Lord, to serve you, dear Lord. I just pray that you would be a guiding light from you, dear Lord, and that you would be shining through it. And I pray that you just allow Haley to do her will too, dear Lord. I thank you for both of them, and I just pray for them in Jesus' name. My God, I'm thankful, Lord, for Anthony and Haley, uh, Lord, that you have so directed their life. And leading them to one another, Lord, uh, giving them a spirit of love for each other. Uh, God, them surrendering themselves one to another in holy matrimony and just surrendering their life to ministry, God. And we're thankful just for the fact that your call is an unchanging call. It's a life-changing call. It's a powerful call. And God, we're just thankful, Lord, that... Um, you have chosen them for this time, in this place, in this ministry. We pray for your power and your grace to rest upon them. We pray for the anointing of the Spirit of God to be ever-present with them. God, we pray there will be many young people and adults alike whose lives will be impacted, Lord, and be changed and never be the same because of the life of these two young people. God, we're just thankful for grace and mercy. We're thankful for your love, and Lord, we give these young people to you and ask for your blessing upon them. God, I pray that you bless our fellowship to follow and bless the food to our bodies and 
just bless our time. God, may everything that's said, everything that's done, uh, lift up and exalt the name of Jesus Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give them a hand. All right, I'm going to let them go and their family. Um, follow them on over to the gym. We have some refreshments over there, and we want to go over and just be a blessing to them. Uh, just let them know that you're uh, glad that God has led them to this place, and we're glad to have them a part of the Ocean County Baptist Church ministry team, and I believe that God's going to do some great things uh, through their lives. Amen. We'll give them a minute to get over there. I won't start another sermon. Amen. <laughs> praise God. Hey, man, Jim told me to go on. So, praise the Lord. Thank you so much for being here. I know they mean much to you, and so go over and express your love and and appreciation for their life and their surrender to the Lord. You're dismissed. Amen. God bless your being here. Tomorrow night, deacons meeting tomorrow night, 7 o'clock.